Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to the Game Podcast. I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and this week I'm joined by Patty Barkley, Matt Dickinson, and Mr. Tony Cascarino. Today we'll be discussing that goal at Old Trafford, uh, Newcastle's win at Sunderland, and the Chris Hutton situation. Why are we even debating whether he should be sacked? And after some big events in Italy, we talk about the idea of video panels to punish those who cheat. So strap yourselves in and join us. Manchester United defeat Tottenham Hotspur and uh, prove that even without Wayne Rooney, uh, they're still in the run of things, and then and they may well be there till the very end. But we have to start with this um, business with Gomez and Mark Clattenburg and uh, and Nani. And um, I think for those who didn't see it, don't know what I'm talking about. Do I have a volunteer who can succinctly explain the sequence of events, Mr. Barkley? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, right. Um, basically, what happened was that Nani, with 10 minutes to go, Manchester United winning 1-0 against Tottenham, something like 10 minutes to go. Nani goes into the box. He appears to be fouled uh, to the televiewer uh, at least once by Yunus Kabul. He goes down. No penalty is awarded, but he, either through peak or through thinking he's got a penalty, handles the ball. Uh, the assumption, general assumption, seems to be the lay assumption is that a free kick will be given. Clattenburg, Mark Clattenburg, the referee, however, decides uh, that play should continue in order, presumably, that Tottenham may have the optional advantage of a quick break. Uh, on uh, Manchester United you would expect that the manager of Tottenham Terry Redknapp would be in favour of that rather than a stoppage in play Aurelio Gomez the Tottenham goalkeeper spins the ball down under the impression that a free kick presumably has been awarded prepares walks back to prepare to clear it up the field Nani comes uh, in looks at the referee and says listen have you stopped play? Uh, can I kick the ball into the net? The referee shrugs as if to say, well, if you want. He, Nani then kicks the ball into the net. 2-0 Manchester United, end of game. Harry Redknapp afterwards, instead of 
praising the referee for allowing advantage and lambasting Aurelio Gomez for uh, not playing to the whistle. Uh, says the referee's a joke and blah, blah, blah. And now he's he and his assistants are going to cook up a story to convince us that it wasn't the refereeing blunder of all time. Uh, I didn't see a refereeing blunder. And now, and now everyone knows why my five- and seven-year-old looked particularly confused as we watched the game on the, uh, on Saturday and then said, Daddy, Daddy, what on earth is going on? Yeah, we all did. <laughs> well, um, Cass, it looked to me like, actually, I respectfully disagree that uh, with, with Patty, that there was an enormous refereeing button. I mean, leaving a sign, none of this would have happened if Gomez had played the whistle and you learn in every single sport from the time you're a child, any sport that has a whistle, you play to it and so on. But leaving all that aside for, for a second, and leaving aside also the, 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 the sort of the Taliban interpretation of the rules and the referee's discretion and so on, there's a basic point here that part of the referee's job is to, and, and his assistants, is to make sure the game runs properly and fairly mm. and that the players know what's going on mm. it's obvious here the players did not know what was going on um, well th- there's a couple of problems that I have is first of all that if an offence is committed and the ball's in midfield and it's in open play and the referee just says play on it's an offence and the referee just carries on playing that's not a problem now handball's an offence so are we going to determine between different offences he allows play to go on um, Gomez spins the ball and as he does he looks immediately to, to find someone quickly he waves his arms to his team he opens his arms up not I don't believe to say to the referee can I take it I, he's got nothing on no Tottenham player or fullback has made an angle for him to get the ball mm. he wants to kick it quickly it's not on nothing's on so then he takes time Within that time... Sorry, sorry. So just just, just to be clear on this, <clears throat> you're suggesting that the reason Gomez stood there and opened his arms wasn't because he was waiting for the free kick. It was because he yeah. looked up the pitch and he saw every single Tottenham player marked by an opponent? Well, he saw that there was nothing on. His fullbacks hadn't become available. That's my interpretation because that's immediate reaction of a footballer where they, they look to do it quickly because he spins it down, like Paddy said. Mm. He goes to do it and thinks there's nothing really on Mm. I don't want to give it to someone who's going to be under pressure in a tight situation he doesn't then he decides to take his time over it then Nani gets you know takes the opportunity of coming back and getting the ball and scoring Uh, I'm not not sure I buy that because Nani was behind him at the time which meant that there were only um, there were only nine outfield Manchester United players and ten Outfield Spurs players. Somebody must have been open. There must have been well, some option. I mean, and even gab, then, gab. There's, there's, there's ten minutes to go. You put it in the air and you wait for something to happen. I, well, I don't... a lot of players turn their back on the play. Yeah, quite. You, you know, you're talking okay, Levin. You're you're stating an obvious that actually doesn't work in football. Players and especially fullbacks turn their backs on the goalkeeper a lot and just run up the pitch. Mm. And that's what Gomez was looking for. He was looking to take it quickly. It wasn't on. Then he delays. The obvious ball was as to a cotter. Yeah. And, and, and he, he wasn't, 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 wasn't looking wasn't for on. it. So what, what about the idea of, of, of sportsmanship here? I mean, basically, Nanny, Nanny, Nanny sees an opportunity, sticks it in. But, I mean, we, we seem to be, you know, we're giving Gomez a hard time. We're giving Clattenburg a hard time. I mean, there's something that goes against natural justice about this goal. And, and the guy who is exploiting it is, is Nanny. And sh- shouldn't we be pointing, pointing a finger at him and saying, look, you know, if you want, if you want to win a game of football... Let's let's try and win it fairly. Let's try and win it properly. Matt, can I just? There's something that I've always had in my mind about football as a sport. Now, 
We don't have the etiquette of golf. Football is riddled with cheating, taking advantage in, in every, from managers, from players, to everybody involved at football clubs. I've been part of it, and sometimes I used to think, why can't football be different? But it's pretty acceptable in football that you can be patted on the back from your colleagues if you cheated and got a penalty. That is what our sport is. I don't like it. Uh, sometimes I'm embarrassed by football, but I've, I've had to get to learn that that is our game. It's very controversial. That's maybe the attraction for many people in football. Yep. They love the controversy of football because there is so much cheating that goes on. Not just players holding players at corners and, and fouling them and you know pretending to, to uh, wane injury or, or just go over for a penalty. Conning, it's part of what football is. There was an incident um, around 30 years ago when sportsmanship was much more fashionable than it is today, in which a Manchester United winger, um, a, a forerunner of Nani, crept up behind a goalkeeper, and as the goalkeeper, so that the goalkeeper obviously couldn't see him, and as the goalkeeper rolled the ball out, or I think sort of threw the ball into the air, this Manchester United winger flicked his foot round and, and put the ball into the net. The referee disallowed it for ungentlemanly conduct and there was a massive furore from the public that that brilliant piece of artfulness from George Best should have been allowed. Everyone said that. Sports, football is a game. It's, you know, it's not... Uh, it's a game of, of, of not of cheating, but it's a ga- it's like a game of poker. It's a game in which you take your advantages. No, but then equally, can. Paddy, when 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 Paolo Di Canio was when was it? I think um, there was a certainly at Everton, but when the goalie yes. who it was was prone. That's completely and, different. That's and complete, Paul Gerrard. That's completely. Paul Gerrard. That's completely different. Of course, when there is a an injury, either a physical injury or um, a sportsmanship in order. For example, the perfect. Example Example was the Arsenal one with Canu, where Arsenal generously uh, agreed to put, replay a match against Sheffield United because Mark Overmars had taken advantage of a piece, illicit advantage of a piece of sportsmanship. Gomez, on the other hand, wasn't offering anything to Manchester United that was thrown back in his mm. face. He just made a mistake. Therefore, the issue of sportsmanship um, just doesn't come into so, it. It's I, nothing to do with sportsmanship, I, this. Can we, can we, do we talk about mistakes and, it's, you know, we can criticize Nani for, for, for perhaps not displaying the greatest mm-hmm. sportsmanship and Gomez for being stupid and not playing to the whistle. Um, I'm not letting the referees and their assistants off the hook this quickly. Um, there was an obvious handball from, from Nani after yeah, he went down. See there it. might have even have been a dive, okay? Neither Simon Beck, who's standing 10 yards away on the sideline, can't see it. And uh, and Clattenburg, both of them can't see it. Because when we saw, at least on the match of the day, guys, when they saw the conversation afterwards between Clattenburg and Beck, mm. it seems pretty clear that Beck, who for reasons known only to him, whistles, you know, raises his flag mm. five minutes later, he goes to Clattenburg and says, Nani handled it. And it appears as if Clattenburg says, yes, I know. I played advantage. That's mm. what it appears that he yeah. says. Of course, we'll never know because these people aren't allowed to talk to no. the media. Well, and that's, never the, that's the other thing that's come out of this. I mean, the ridiculous thing is, is that, that is the way that, um, the, yeah, that, that the officials ban the referees from, you know, from um, coming anywhere near a microphone. I mean, it yeah. would, we, we would all be 
I mean, maybe we'd probably still be having this discussion, but we haven't. We'd be having this discussion with a bit more, a bit more knowledge uh, uh, and a bit more insight if mm-hmm. if Clattenburg had been allowed to come out and just explain his thought process, what he knew when, why he made that decision. But then, absolutely, because uh, you know, people, say, people are putting. We we can only debate this by putting words in his mouth, which is all, which immediately lowers the tone did, of the debate. Did, 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 does it matter at all that? Who's right? Nanny handled the ball, but he obviously didn't handle the ball to gain any kind of advantage. No. And I was wondering, and I'm not even sure referees are allowed to do this, but unfortunately, Alice and the qualified referees in here. But um, I was wondering: is is it possible that Clapberg saw Nanny handle the ball, but? since it was obviously voluntary but it wasn't voluntary in the sense to gain any kind of advantage well it was it was to gain advantage because it's the classic way of a player who thinks he's been fouled he thinks if i if i grab the ball then it, it puts the referee on the spot to make a hard decision so he's, he's done it because it's a way of saying i've been fouled you need to give me a penalty and just to just to prove the point i'm gonna that's 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 what players do all the time so, isn't it to, well it's a very dangerous game are we gonna assume then that he should have really give a goal but still yellow card him for handling the no, he shouldn't have given. What, what he should have done, I, I, my personal opinion, is up the pitch. If you play advantage, I mean, the, the, the rules of playing advantage. This is another whole issue that I don't think people fully understand. Right now, advantage isn't a law of the game. There's no advantage rule. Mm. It's it's a principle. It's laid out and it's a common sense principle. Well, no, yes. I know no? this because I, I went. No, no, it's not common sense. It's FIFA rules. I know this because I spent time on the uh, on the FIFA website okay, last before night. Before you carry on, Gab, I, I'll ask you a question. Do you believe that every uh, every referee knows every law in the book? Yes. You do? Well, every top flight professional. I, I know referee. loads of footballers who don't know hardly any rules. Mm. Uh, and they play their game. And I don't know many sports where mm. <laughs> their own sportsmen, most well, golfers will know most of the rules. There's always a, always a grey area. The, the great thing about football is that our laws of the game are actually very, very simple and very, very short compared to the rule books mm. in most other sports. And it makes them more accessible. But under Article 5 of the laws of the game, it says the referee puts it as the referee's power, the ability to pay, to, to apply the principal advantage. And it's interesting because I, what I didn't know is that they have four criteria which which they're, they're asking the, the referee to uh, to consider mm-hmm. when granting this. At their, By the way, at their absolute and total discretion. They don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder if it's not giving the referee a little too much power. But they have to take into account the severity of the offense. In other words, if, if you know, if Cascarino mm-hmm. goes and bites Barkley's head off, then, you know, even if Barkley's team gets an advantage, you know, you, you got to go back and punish Cascarino. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to take into advantage, to take into condition the atmosphere of the game, which I don't quite know what that means, but maybe if it's at Old Trafford, you know, you don't give the advantage against Manchester United. Um, they have to uh, take into um, account where it happens on the pitch, the position, the further away it is from the goal, the less likely you're supposed to, uh, the less likely that advantage will be granted. Yes. And finally, you're supposed to take into account how likely is it that they're going to be in a better position. Now, these, are these are, this is a classic example of the absolute uselessness of every single piece of FIFA guidance to left. This is referee. FIFA guidance. This is the laws of the game. It, no, it's not. It's not it the is, laws it's, of the no, game. No, Article Five. Uh, Article Five. Uh, that, that is under the under the sec- Article Five, the section entitled "The Referee," mm. and in, and there's a little section in there where they they discuss the criteria for applying uh, advantage, and I'm sorry, in my opinion. Mark Clattenburg clearly on two of those four points, position on the pitch and the likelihood of gaining an advantage, 
he does not do his job, nor does he do his job. He's supposed to uh, put extend his arms out and make it very clear to the players that he is granting advantage, if that's what he's doing. Instead, he's 40 yards up the pitch, and it's obvious the message did not get through to his own players, and probably not to his linesmen either, because otherwise he wouldn't have raised his flag. Ha! You've all fallen <laughs> silent. Advantage Marcotti. Let's move on. How about the Tyneware Derby? No George Culkin, but we can all get together and, and share the excitement here. Um, Newcastle roll 5-1. I, I thought it was embarrassingly one-sided. I just finished telling people that I, I thought Steve Bruce was on the up and establishing himself as the best English manager under the age of 60. And then you get this. Um, I, I thought it was just carnage out there. And, and But before we get into all that, I want to know, Chris Hewton, this business with him, he's got two games to save his job. Is this just all an excuse because he's actually way underpaid because he's still in his assistant coach or whatever his uh, uh, title was before? He's still on those wages and he wants a, a, a fair uh, or what he considers to be a fair Premier League wage and it's all part of the negotiation, so now he's under pressure? Or has he actually done something wrong? Dicko. Uh, well, I think he's he's been an underpaid manager for a while, certainly, in, you know, compared to his um, his, his Premiership peers. Um, I'm sure I'm sure he's underpaid, and but then equally, you know, he's he's a guy who also has been sort of grateful for the job. So it's um, uh, you know that that one just comes down to a straight negotiation between him and the boss. How much how much did they want him? Um, which I guess is is now a lot more than they possibly did a week ago. Um, uh, but I'll be honest, I didn't think Chris Hewton would be the guy to lead um, Newcastle for the next two or three years in the Premiership. I thought they would uh, struggle, and I thought he would probably be out of a job by Christmas. Um, I'm still not convinced he's the man to lead them onwards and upwards, um, climbing up the table. Um, uh, but you know, the guy's done. A, he's, you know, he's doing an okay job. Uh, and it seems fair for him to say, I need to sort out my future. I want to be paid a, you know, a fair crack for doing a big job. If, 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 if you're going to back me, then um, show, me, show, show me the money. Cass, are you going to defend your old teammate? Yeah, um, I went to do a TV gig with Chris in just after the rain with Martin Yole, finished with Tottenham. And I said to him, what are you going to be doing, Chris? He said, I'm looking to find a manager's job, maybe Brentford, has got a bit of interest. Um, I'm struggling. And he said, I'm really finding it difficult. And Matt just touched on that, you know, he was quite fortunate. And he was fortunate with the circumstances to get the new Newcastle job. But let's not kid ourselves. Chris has done an amazing job there, I think. Because if you watched the game yesterday and you watched how the team's commitment, desire, hunger... Organisation, he's playing with Amiobi and Carroll up front, where everybody hates big centre forwards, it's seemingly in the modern game. And if you have one, you can only play one. He played two. He's played, the, you see, the rejuvenated Joey Barton, who's gone from who I thought was a very good player at Man City to a complete loose cannon at Newcastle, completely went out of sorts. And Chris has t- seemingly turned him around into a, a decent footballer again, because he is Joey, Joey Barton, a decent footballer. And I look at that team, I look at Nolan, I think, Nolan, mediocre, average premiership player who can get a goal. He's that type of player. But 
again yesterday. Yes, it was Sunderland and they were very, very poor. But I look at that team, I watched them at Everton, I thought they were superb when they won at Everton for everyone on the pitch. He's also had the added losing Ben Arthur, the injury to probably his... No, we don't know much about him, so let's no, not but, talk. But, we, no, who's I, Ben Arthur? We don't know much about you, Ben Arthur, <laughs> do we? So. But it, again, it's a player who's talented who came in. I think Chris has got a team together. We cannot even dream of thinking that Newcastle are going to be a top four team. They haven't spent anything. Of any, you know, look at their team. There's not any money been in, uh, funded for any players that work with Chris's since had this year to me he's got the best out of what he's got and I, I didn't think he'd be sorry Matt I didn't think he'd be a, a manager I thought Chris was just such a lovely guy that players would walk all over him that has clearly not been the case Dick well that's, a, that's interesting your, your final point because the, the one the, the big worry I had for him this season was that um, you know that the story came through pretty loud and clear that last mm. season that the, 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 the dressing room had a huge sway I mean there was uh, you know, the, there was a, a little cabal of, of a few players, Nolan um, included in them, who were, who were effectively a sort of little management team in themselves with Shea Given when he was there. Mm. And my worry was that that Hewton was, was sort of allowing dressing room power to, to be too influential. Um, and like Tony says there, there was that fear that he was going to be sort of walked over. Now, there don't seem to be signs of it this season. I mean, Carroll still remains a... Uh, a sort of walking, a, 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 a walking controversy, um, but you know that performance seemed to show players responding to a manager, playing for a manager. Um, so far, the signs are good, but I, you know I, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely ruling out the fact that Chris Hutton, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it could be a victim of player power were, were it to go, were it to go the other way. Uh, Paddy, it, it seems to me that you know Newcastle haven't, you know, certainly recently haven't spent large m- amounts of money. As, as, as Deco said, they sort of retrenched. And mm-hmm. I personally think if you walk up to Ashley with a def- decent offer, you can walk away with a club. Mm-hmm. I could see getting rid of Hutton if you were going to launch onto the, you know, make a run at the top four or or whatever. But if you're not going to, here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss we kind of actually learned a few things here and one of the things I think that we've learned is that managers are perhaps somewhat 
overrated and certainly overpaid uh, because if Chris Hutton, who nobody believed in mm-hmm. um, when he got the job and was kind of like forgotten um, and you know, paid a lot less than Shear and JFK and all the guys who came before him, um, he goes in, he does very well, he, he wins the championship, he's, 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 he's got them in the top 10. Maybe it kind of shows that maybe if you find a good person like Chris Hutton, you don't need to go and, and pay him three million yes. and give him a three-year contract. Uh, the, the the situation of Chris Hutton uh, proves that the lessons of it, I think, are are three fo- twofold. Uh, one, management is a job for a manager. It's not a job for a, a failed TV pundit who happened to be a magnificent centre forward. Um, you having a go at Cascarino here? <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? No, I'm thinking of a of a Geordie um, centre forward. Oh, okay. Forward, sorry. That's a, that's a very valid point that Paddy's made because if Chris it was, Hutton has learned the job. <laughs> well, yes, but if it was a name that had achieved the same success and forget about who they were, that name would have had the job by now. He would have, he would have. If it had Alan Shearer had that. Yeah. You know, opportunity and done the same exactly the same he would have signed a three or four five year contract with Newcastle that mm. is no shadow of a doubt yeah um, and that that's one thing the, for the football management is not a, it's not a, when choosing a manager you don't go you should not go stargazing you should look at who knows how to coach and how, how to manage people uh, Hewton I, I, I agree I, I mean I'm like everybody else I made the mistake of thinking nice guy therefore mm. cannot be a manager um, at the at the at, at well, but at any level, perhaps. Um, but he is still a nice guy, and he's doing extremely well in management. And, uh, you know, there's nothing broken at Newcastle. You know, what is there to fix? Taylor's chin, I think, or his jaw. Apparently. I mean, almost m- nothing. More broadly on Newcastle, do we agree that right now the club remains in a kind of holding pattern where you know Ashley is making sure that they don't go bust but mm. he's obviously not going to put mm. more money into the club you know to, 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 we're not going to see that ambition is that okay I mean, is, is this Newcastle's future as a mid-table club is is, is, is this fine Ooh, well, I, I think, think it I think it's fine I mean, at least at least I don't think they're Barcelona anymore I mean I did laugh at the um, when I, I know Allardyce made some mistakes at uh, at Newcastle but there was the sort of uh, the biggest stick to, to, to beat him would seem to be this idea that they were playing functional football as if you know Geordie fan people were actually saying with a serious face you know Geordie, Geordies expect more than that um, they say as if they're sort of you know in this bloodline from Real Madrid or Barcelona yeah. I mean the fact is Newcastle is a you know there's, there's, there are a few better sites than the stadium up on the hill it's a great um, stadium to go and watch football in they, they you know there is a there is some soul and tradition about about the club but the idea that they're sort of entitled to anything more or better than that is it doesn't seem to be rooted in, in very much at all, if you ask me. I mean, they've, they've got a big fan base, which obviously, potent- and a big stadium, which potentially gives them the capabilities of being a top club. But, you know, that takes an awful lot of shrewd management on and off the field to, 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 um, to, to capitalise on that. Um, a word on Sunderland. Uh Steve Bruce afterwards came out and apologized and said it was an awful performance, blah, blah, blah. Um, I have to say, against my better judgment, I kind of like the guy. I mean, I, 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 I like the fact that he came out and took it on the chin. I mean, he's got a few. <laughs> well, you know, one thing we have in common, but he doesn't. You know, he, he could have gone out and said, uh, uh, and said, you know, we had we had a bad day. He could have gone out and said, you know, so and so was was missing. This guy was hurt, and so on. Um, but he didn't. Um, did we just catch Steve Bruce on a good day? Did he have no alternative? Mm, um, I think he's always been 
that type of guy. He likes to confront things face on. Um, how else? I mean, there are a lot of managers that will give out weak excuses of why they lost. And he basically said, we were boys and they were men. They wanted it more. They had more desire and hunger. We couldn't match them. You know, everything that was there for every fan and every viewer on the TV to watch it was yeah. obvious. It was obvious. They were second best in every department. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, Juventus played Bologna. Um, Milos Krasic, uh, the the new Pavel Nedved, as some people see him, even though the guy's Serbian, uh, breaks into the back into the box, takes on the defender um, Portanova, and goes down. Now, there's plenty of replays of this on YouTube. For those who haven't seen it, there's very little question that there wasn't no contact and uh, also you know he goes down and does a little celebration when he goes down he punches his fist into the ground he's very happy that he's on a penalty uh, God already intervened and punished him for his diving because uh, Vincenzo Iaquinta then missed the penalty and the game finished nil-nil but the interesting thing was this um, we have a law in the books in, in Italy where a video panel can retroactively pick out incidents of diving uh, and cheating where a referee was conned and uh, they can hold a disciplinary hearing and punish a player with a two-match ban, which is what happened with uh, uh, with Krasic here. Um, sounds like a good idea in principle. Mm. Is it in real life, Patty? Yes, I absolutely think so. I, I think that uh, video review should be uh, used uh, to exonerate players and and to uh, as well as to it should work both ways um it, uh, it should be you know used to relieve people of suspensions i also think it should be done in public i think the video review should be done every monday or whenever it is and televised live or highlights or whatever mm. we should be able to see the deliberations of the people who make the decisions i can't see any argument mm. against it glasnost patty here um i've always i've always believed i believe i've been writing this for 30 years i cannot see the problem with it um I think that an awful lot of things are not shown on uh, on television um, in in football, which if, if purely by putting a camera in dress in um, tunnels, for example, you know we uh, would have involved a bit of uh, got around a lot of the problems we, we used to have in the game. Mm. But um, I, 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 I just couldn't agree more. I mean, I I, I believe also that um, that video uh, evidence should be used by the fourth official during every match. Mm. Um, I, I just, but I just can't see an argument on, against it. Referees on, 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 are on this specific issue, though, though, I mean, the issue here is, is you know, we're not talking about fourth official. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're talking about uh, a panel going back and correcting, so to speak, a yeah. referee's decision. Ab absolutely, I think it should be as long as it's done by a panel which inc includes fully qualified referees. It shouldn't be done by a panel of Tony Cascarino and me. <laughs> I mean, it should be done by people right. who actually know the laws of the mm. game and uh, inside out and, and are paid to, for that knowledge. The, the, Cass, the, one of the issues here with this, with this diving thing that we've run into uh, mm. or something we ran into in Italy is that in the past four years, it's been applied several times, but this is only the second time that an appeal was successfully uh, was, was was turned down, and part of, uh, on a diving one. They've done other ones with handballs, mm. but part of the problem is that what they found is that it's actually very difficult to establish the intent to con. Mm. the referee so it, mm. just because there's no contact obviously doesn't mean that there wasn't quite, a foul quite right and 
and and so it becomes really difficult to establish mm. whether I mean you know <laughs> whether there was yeah. an infraction committed. As a striker, I, 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 can you look and tell immediately if somebody's diving? Um, well, I, I'd like to think I'm I'm not a bad judge at you know seeing someone try to con a referee. Um, first of all, I I do particularly think it's a fantastic thing for football because if you start banning people for committing offences, um, then managers will go to players in during the week and say. I'm going to lose you for games if you do that. So yeah. you can't do that. So it's a twofold. Uh, you know, it makes it even better. Makes the game more honest, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, the only issue, and I might be way off the ball here. I might be completely off the ball, and certainly Paddy and Matt will and yourself will know more. But I, I do wonder if some ridiculous way, if we did go down that road and we did, to, would ever a player challenge via a lawyer? to say that I didn't uh, improve and go to court as daft as it sounds because I sometimes think like that about football yeah. now I think is there going to be a player one day who's actually going to challenge that decision and say that was unfair how can you prove that I dived and I, I'm getting suspension that's what all I'm start, I start to get about a bit it would probably be quite easy to win <laughs> a, 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 a slander like case yeah a slander I case know. against your character against your I'm, because you I'm, I'm not but uh, I think I mean I may be I, I've actually ball. looked into this oh, so. well, well, then I, you can. I, I, what I was told was that when you're when you're a professional footballer, you agree to be bound by certain regulations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and these govern things like suspensions and and, and, and so on and certain obligations. Yeah. Um, and unless this is somehow affecting your career and your reputation, because the the, the tribunal doesn't go and say you know Krasic is a cheat and a mm. scumbag and whatever mm. and a Serb. Uh, they, they, they they come out and they say, on this occasion, Krasic. Did this or is what the court has found so it's not something that okay. you know and and there is an appeals process so it's, it's not something that you know remains a stain on his yeah. character for I think for, for I life. think the, the, the critical thing is just to establish the principle that you know the the the, the local FA whether it's Italy here but in England reserves the right to or has the right to to, to, to get the tape out and say look is a clear infraction and we're gonna we're, we're gonna punish I mean the, yeah. you know this has been one of those great sort of loophole areas that FIFA has allowed to build up over the years where and I know the Scottish FA challenge, um, challenged it um, recently and, and the Gordon Smith and, and got themselves into got themselves slightly legally tied in knots over it because you know FIFA you know this is um, the lovely um, blatter um, uh, you know hates this idea of, of sort of hindsight officiating but yes. I, I mean you know a, Clearly, if there are blatant infractions, they should they should be. Yeah, they, 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 the, 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 the critical thing here to be established, and which is say Italy is marched along, with, is is to establish, you know, is, is to get some sense into the rules. And as, as Paddy has but, quite, you know, quite rightly said, we need we need to establish common sense more above everything. And we also need to establish quite clearly what we mean by diving. Uh, I mean, if a player uh, uh, touches, uh, pulls your shirt back and thereby obtains an advantage by slowing you down when he is he's quicker than you and therefore deserves to get to the ball first are you entitled then to go down when you don't need to in my opinion you are um the you know other people may say no you should just take it like a man and lose the chance um is is shirt pulling better than diving I, I don't think so i think the guy who does the first f- uh, infraction of the r- of rules 
you know, basically, if you start a fight, you should be willing to finish it. And and I th- I think that if you mm-hmm. if you if you tug a guy's shirt, he's entitled to dive. Mm-hmm. I don't see any problem with that at all. Now I haven't seen the Krasic case, but I'd be very 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 wary of, and I think it would be anti bad for football if players who dived when arguably they're entitled to, then got banned two games. And the guy who sh- tugs his shirt and this cheats just as blatantly gets away scot-free. Let Should me show you, tugging. this is not the case. <laughs> the defender's standing there, Krasic is running at him, basically runs past uh, him yeah, and falls I'm, over. I'm, but but yeah. I mean, well, I, 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 have in mind, I have in mind the, the Nani and Yunus Kabul. Now, Yunus Kabul twice pulls, oh. uh, impedes Nani. Nani then arguably goes down when he doesn't need to. And, and 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 everybody's overlooked this. Why can't we use then, just if it's so blatantly obvious? Yeah. Why can't we punish the ones that are so obvious? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, there's there's still in a pen and robbing a bank. There is a very grey area. There is. Yeah. Th- I mean, that's a difficulty. I mean, they said th- th- this tribunal has been unfortunately for about four years, and they said this is only the second diving offence that you know they, they've done offences where you know a player scored a goal with his hand and then gone off to celebrate. You know that that kind of cheating that you know they've caught and they've punished successfully. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and, and rightly so. But well, 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 what I find very interesting though is Dicko, the point you made that. Scotland wanted to do this, but FIFA wouldn't let them. And I, and I don't quite know, but in Italy, we have both this kind of tribunal, which FIFA supposedly doesn't allow, and we also have um, goal line technology in, in one stadium in, in, in Udine, uh, which FIFA also supposedly doesn't allow. Um, do we just Are we just allowed to do it because we've won the World <laughs> Cup four times uh, and uh, the rest of you guys haven't? That's a very good question. I didn't even. I didn't. This is going to admit ignorance. I you've got goal line technology in the Yeah, in Udine, there's it's, it's it's a trial which has been going on for about four years, and the first two years of which they they actually didn't tell anybody that it was there, but they've got sensors and, on and the goal have, lines. But, no, no, like they didn't have a single goal line incident. You're going to say no, they've, been wait, they've been waiting four years to get one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty much. No, funnily enough, they ha- they 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 had one last week. I mean, but I think basically the goal line technology is there. They supposedly don't use it. They had one uh, uh, last week actually, and. Uh, um, it wasn't applied during the game because the referee, even though it was difficult to spot, somehow got it right. And then afterwards, they showed all the evidence. Oh, look, he was right. Um, supposedly, the referee wasn't told in real time during the game. I don't know. But I, 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 it does seem to me there's one thing I never quite get because I'm assuming, I'm assuming that if we walk out of here today and we go ask the Premier League, hey, guys, why don't you guys have this you know, retroactive video panel? Um, they would say, well, FIFA would never allow it. And, well, that's the, and, and it's, it's, I mean, we've had this discussion with the FA a, a zillion times, and they say, well, it's, you know this this whole idea of if the referee sees the incident is the is the critical definition of of something you cannot go go uh, retrospectively look at if the referee is seen, you know even if the referee sort of saw saw someone punch someone in the face and it turned out to be something completely different um, if, if 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 his eyes have convinced him of something then we're not allowed to to, to question it in any in any way now the RFA particularly at a time when this is, I mean this is how ridiculous football gets at a time when we are bidding for a world cup in 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 particular the FA will not do anything that um, might in any it's tiny shape or form um, annoy set blatter so therefore we wouldn't deem of challenging it in the last couple of years because um, that that might be seen to be troublemaking but in a month of course that won't apply. exactly Time for some quick hits, and uh, Tony Cascarino, I know you haven't done this in a while, so just so you know, I will ask a question, and then while you answer, uh, if you go over 25 seconds, I will blow this duck whistle, like so. (laughs) 
Right, Chelsea leave it very, very late to get three points at Blackburn in a game that they could very well have lost. Um, Patty, there's two ways to read this. Chelsea are great and wonderful because they know how to play badly and win, or Chelsea are actually on the slide because, well, Blackburn deserve the three points. Which side are you on? I'm on the... I go for the, the former option. Chelsea are uh, champions in, in waiting uh, because they know how to play badly and win. I do agree, though. Blackburn deserved more than they got. According to reports, former FA Chief Executive Brian Barrick is being lined up to take over as Liverpool Chief Executive. Dicko, uh, Barrick was responsible for the car crash that was ITV Digital, as well as the appointments of Steve McLaren and Fabio Capello to the England job, which some people might say are good ideas, others less so. Uh, what's your verdict? Uh, he was a pretty middling FA Chief Executive, to be honest. Um, he used to talk about how much he loved the game, as if that was that was enough. Uh, he made some pretty ordinary decisions. Um, Satanta deal, you could have thrown in there as well. Uh, if I was a Liverpool fan, I would not be getting excited about this. The second defeat in a, in two weeks for uh, for for Man City. Um, I, different circumstances, of course, for the the two defeats. But some suggestion that Mancini once again in trouble. Carlos Tevez wants to leave. Yaya Toure fighting with teammates and so on. Is it as bad as uh, some people make it out to be, Cass? Um, well, they were indifferent when they won at Blackpool. Um, wasn't impressed with them that day. Um, Tevez is a massive loss to them because he's been so instrumental in getting them goals. Adebayar comes back in the team. He's involved in a with company and a problem. Mancini's got his work out. I think that's without, without any shadow of a doubt. Um... I'd be amazed if he does last uh, till Christmas. I really was. I think their away performances this year have been pretty negative for a team with so much quality. Top four, baby. Top four. Right, Gab. Uh, one for you. You're good at asking the, question, asking the questions. Now you've got to answer one because Antonio Cassano is at it again. Sampdoria have begun proceedings to cancel his contract after he called the club chairman a feces-covered old man. Now, why did he do that? And if he leaves, should any of the big clubs be interested? Well, the uh, the short answer is he did it because he's mentally unbalanced and and, and somewhat insane. Um, he did apologize for it. Uh, the, the the basis of this is that uh, the, the the club chairman said, "Hey, can you go pick up this prize that these fans have given you?" He said, "I'm not going because I don't like that hotel and you're disgusting, so and so." And just just went nuts and had a go at the uh, uh, at, at the club president who's 74 years old. Um, I don't think any club should should go be moving for Cassano because he's a liability. He makes more than 100 grand a week. And however talented he is, he can go off at any second. And, and I don't think he's great for the dressing room. And on top of that, um, while he did hey. apologize. Sorry, that was my buzzer. But then he had 20, that's got to be over 25 seconds. We was all queuing up to do it, uh, Matt. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You can go to www.thetimes.co.uk. You'll find all the news, your gossip, your analysis, and also our web chats. I do mine on Mondays. Ollie K does his on Wednesdays, and we have others dotted throughout the sporting week. Now, you can also write to us. It's gamepodcast at timesonline.co.uk. Um, now, uh, Mr. Michael Warren um, uh, wrote in a while back uh, criticizing Tony Evans. Um, Michael, if you're still listening to us, we will read your email on the air when Tony's in the studio so he can actually respond. Uh, we also have another email here today, uh, this week, from uh, Mr. Dean Walkie, who in fact, thanks Tony Evans for mentioning Paul Tisdale as one of England's talented young managers. Of course, he's done uh, very well at, uh, at Exeter City, and um, funny enough, I'm, we always talk about up-and-coming English managers. Um, Tisdale is English, but 
He's actually born in Malta. Maybe that's why he's so good. So uh, thank you for your email. And of course, you can always contact us, as I said, at gamepodcast at timesonline.co.uk. Next week, I'll be appearing from a remote location called New York City, and there will be somebody else in the chair. But I'll still be there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.